Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Law. D-Law, hello. Do you, do you hear me this week? I hear you loud and clear. We're live. Me. All right. And so... welcome to episode... <laughs> and it's Friday the 13th as we're live recording today, this week. So that's uh, kind of interesting. That's not a bad omen. Friday the 13th at episode 13. Well, at least we have you here with us this week. Well, D-Law. Yeah, the, the technical difficulties got ironed out last week. Um, so we're actually live. We don't have anybody. Looks like there's nobody yet. So, well, That's um, okay. maybe they don't know. I just, uh, posted it on the uh, social media pages. So, <clears throat> but as always, it's going to be, uh, published tomorrow morning. Check out our Twitter, check out our Facebook. And we have some big news concerning our podcast uh, we are going to be going uh, TV soon. Uh, it'll be, be called. Determined. It'll be called Pred Wings TV. Um, so stay tuned to social media for that. We don't really we don't have the exact date or time earned out yet, but we will be adding a TV version along with the regular podcast. So it'll be two episodes a week. Well, that's a. Uh... That is exciting there, D-Law. We're growing, and it'll be something different. I, I'm not I'm not worried about, you know, fans looking in and seeing everything about you, because that scares me a little bit. Yeah, Thinking well. it's in your four walls. <laughs> so, the... Um, it's okay. It'll be fun. Join us. The, the playoffs, a lot, lot, of, lot of happening this week uh, with the uh, playoffs. A lot of interesting stuff. Um, yeah, had some eliminations, some uh, some fines, some injuries, and big games. Somebody had a little bit of playoff experience last week, even though it wasn't really all that. Um, it was disappointing, um, at the least. Um, yeah, tell us about uh, that because I remember well, you doing the game and you were like really upset. You're like, "This is like a playoff. This isn't. It's like any other game." So, it didn't start all that great. Saturday morning, I get up, you know, three o'clock in the morning and get ready to, to catch a flight. And I look at my phone and it says my flight was canceled. I'm like, really? So I'm I'm looking around, looking, trying to see get fly, find a flight. I found a flight. Uh, I won't tell you what. I won't. I, I won't. Know. I won't I mention the airline because there's nothing no really quick. I just want to know what you said verbatim, laying in bed, and you looked at that phone. Actually, I was up. Okay, so uh, I want to know. I want to know what you said out loud when you read that message. I can only. <laughs> that's what I was getting at. Yeah. So, I found a flight, and it actually came. It actually was able to come in at the right time, at the same time as the other one. So, and where and did I you act- fly to? Uh, well, actually, I went through Atlanta to Nashville. Okay. 
I won't mention the airline because there's no, we don't, we're not getting paid. So, and I definitely, I, I, I probably should mention the other airline that canceled, but I don't want to, uh, you know, we're nobody's mother them. So, um, so anyway, um, I get to Nashville and I, I go and, you know, hit, hit Broadway for a little before the game. And, uh, and then before I go in the arena, of course, they have that smash card that they have uh, every year. And if you've been watching our social media pages, you you, you saw a video of me uh, taking a couple shots at the, at the car. I would rather have it be swinging it, uh, swinging that sledgehammer at Cal McCarr instead, but uh, he wasn't available. No, so, hang on a so, second, hang on a second, hang on, hang on a second. In case you missed it. This is a recording of our very own dealer. There's smash one, two, and then right to the tail end of the car. Here we go. Now, if that doesn't scream passion, I don't know what does. That is passion, my friends. Uh, it's a good thing you didn't hear my uh, Facebook live at the intermittent at the beginning of the game. But so, <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta get to this uh, uh, phone. We gotta talk about a phone. So, so before we get to that, um, so so I'm in the game. I'm in the and get to my seat, and you know, watching the warm ups. So. You're probably getting like hyped. Really up. good seats. Like, this is a and, and the, 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 there wasn't a lot, a lot of fans. You know, they get they had little wristbands for the LED lights, which is pretty cool. And the show it it, it uh, the lights match the lights on the arena um, LED lights. Uh, that is super uh, cool. But that um, they made us give them back at the end of the game. Oh, I was like, that, I was like, oh, there's a they had, they had recycle bins, and I'm like, do I have to give it back? She said, well, it's not going to work outside the arena. I was like, I don't care. I just want it. Right. Like, yeah, what am I going to do with it? It's not going to light up. And what are they going to so, do if you took it? <laughs> well, they're not going to use them now anyway. Right, so, put those away for another year. So anyway. Um. So it, you know it's filling in before the before the game. They're doing their warm ups, and you know everybody's down the along the glass for warm ups, trying to get the pucks and sticks and all that kind of crap. So and it's getting kind of loud. And then the, the you know the the opening ceremonies, it's loud. I'm getting right on. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be nice. It's gonna be a playoff game, loud. And then the game starts, and I'm like. Okay, where's the noise? Now the first period, it was a little loud. I mean, it wasn't bad. You know, the, the press scored a call through. Oh, uh, Colorado had scored first, but then, um, you know, the the Predators uh, scored a couple here and there, and so did it you got, get that it first got, goal. It, it got kind of loud. Goal, being down two nothing in the series, and then the Preds give up that first goal. You think that just at that point panic sets in and at that oh, point things start to like fans shut down the fans panicked. i don't know if the teams because, well, obviously the I mean, team you're did. down you're down two nothing in the series and then all of a sudden in game three you give up the first goal early on i mean there's got to be a, a point of like great do we battle back here or do we not and i i'm guessing the fans probably sense that very same urgency and maybe that's why it kind of started to become dull out there yeah, um, but you know they they uh, 
it it, it it was it was loud spots, and then by the second period, there was hardly any noise. It's like it, I I've been to regular season games where it was louder, and in fact, the uh, the game in February when it, where I went went to was I thought was louder. Um, but I mean, really? they played Dallas because of uh, you know Packer rainy night and everything, and yeah, that's true. So <sighs> second period getting put getting. Second period, getting towards the end of the game, or end of the end of the second period, um, and then uh, Fred scored the third goal. So you know, I was like celebrating the goal, and then stand up and fist pump. And, and, what I, and then and then all of a sudden, my phone goes flat up in the air. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then I'm watching it fall. Down into the oh, second man. level club area, right behind <laughs> me, and I'm like, "That—that that was his so, end to the we, club." Meanwhile, the horn's still going off, and you know, we're still celebrating the goal, and I'm running out, running down to the second level. I actually now I can only imagine. I've seen you move because you were thought you were uh, late to a game, running downstairs <laughs> at at the arena that we played at together. I can well, only imagine what you looked like. Running down that set of stairs, I can they, only imagine. They didn't have it. Yeah, but step. That wasn't an escalator. This one, I had to run down the up escalator. Luckily, it wasn't very. <laughs> you ran down an up escalator. It actually was actually pretty easy. Oh I was, my! I was, I was surprised at how quick like, I did. That. It's like American Gladiator stuff. I mean, right there. I, I, it, <laughs> go. I was surprised at how easy that was. I mean, I was like down that like faster, story, faster I, than going folks, off. Folks, I haven't heard all these details. This story is just getting better and better. So right now, if you're just tuning in, the third goal is scored. Dan <laughs> D-Law stands up, goes to fist pump, throws his phone down to the club level. I didn't so throw it. It run, so out of my he hand. starts running every other step up the de- or down the up escalator just to get to the bottom, so he can bypass everybody else. Well, there was nobody there because they're all in the real watching. Then why did you take the extra? Because that was that was the only stairway closest. Oh. <laughs> and luckily it wasn't you know it's not a very big drop because so there was, where the was the down how far away was the down it wasn't that long not not as long as the main escalator going off i just picture like a hundred <laughs> people taking these stairs and you're like the hell with it i'm not waiting for you i'm gonna go up the up <laughs> there's nobody in the hallway they're all in the arena ball <laughs> celebrating the goal, goal. <laughs> so you missed the goal you had to well, I, no, gladiator I, down i i saw the goal I saw the goal and I got most of the goal horn. I just didn't get the end of the chant. Um, oh man! And that, and that was actually their last goal. And just immediately threw it in camera. So I get down to the second level and I'm like, I see the one of the ushers. I'm like, oh, I, my phone fell down here somewhere. <laughs> and, and of course, I, <laughs> my watch, my, my watch somehow tells me that I don't know how it knew. Um, it, I lost. I'm trying to play a song, a sound. Like on my hear that at the arena. But my phone was on note on mute, or no, you know. So I, 
I didn't hear anything. So I'm watching the I'm watching the rest of the second period. Oh, oh, oh! And, 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 club, oh, and he gets and, way into the well, weasels his way into the club level. Well, it was just a seating. It wasn't the actual clubs. <laughs> it was just seats. It was actually but he weasels seats. his way into these seats. Well, and then he well, I was in the I was in the, the game. I was in the look for his phone. I was I was in the uh, there wasn't much I can do. I was in the back of the I was actually in the back of it, so I wasn't actually sitting down. I was in the back of the row, and there, it was only like uh, ten rows deep in that that particular section behind the net. So by the time it, by the time I get down there, I look at the scoreboard and it's four to three. I'm like, wait a minute, the Preds scored. How the heck did it? Wait, wait a second. How did they score a goal? <laughs> So I'm gonna I want to I want to put myself in the in the in the shoes of the people who had that club rented. It wasn't a club. It was actual seating. It wasn't a club. It was it wasn't a suite. It was actual seating. It was oh, just a okay. second second level is, seating. Because here I am thinking there's like a family and friends eating like chicken no, and pizza, drinking beers, and all of a sudden they turn around after spending all this money to get these amenities. They turn around and there's D Law standing there, just hanging out. No, I I, I kind of wish it was, but no, it was actually seating, like you know, okay. just sec, second level seating behind the, you know, second level kind of a club club seating, you know, okay. not 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 suites. The suites are in the sideline. So how did um, you end up finding it? So anyway, I, I as I said, I get down there and it's four to three, and then I. I'm trying to look around. I'm trying to make the phone me. play Pardon a song. Me. Excuse me. And me. no, I Is didn't. on your hands and knees bumping people. No, I was at, I was Excuse still staying. In, no, I was standing at the back of the the, uh, the the section. I wasn't actually in the rows, so I was in the back of the section. And I'm trying to make the phone play songs, and it's not working. And at least I didn't hear it. Maybe the guy who had it heard. I don't know. But I look up at the scoreboard. And it's five to three. I'm like. Oh, what just happened? And then, and then there was some kind of a review. I don't know what the review was for. I totally missed that. I don't know if it was goaltender interference. I don't know if it was Colorado or Nashville or what the heck. They didn't Colorado play. Uh, they didn't. They didn't play. They didn't let play. It let it be. So it was couldn't have been a Predators goal. So I don't know what the heck. I don't. I still don't know what that review is about. So anyway, second period gets over, and guy come walks up to stands up, hands a phone to the usher. I'm like, oh wait a minute, that's my phone. It's just oh, it fell on my seat. I'm like, <laughs> it fell onto yeah. his seat. Yeah, from like fifteen feet up in the air. You could have knocked I, him unconscious. <laughs> could you imagine if it hit him square in the head? You could have killed it, somebody. I, I thought it landed in the aisle because I was watching it fall, and I. But I didn't actually see it fall because I was by that time I was running down the escalator, or run down the up escalator. But so, so oh my god, so unbelievable. So so I get my phone back. I'm looking at it. I was like, there's no scratch or anything. I mean, it was like it looked just like it was when I dropped it. And I'm like, it's because it's a flip phone. It's not a flip phone. It's an iPhone. So lo and behold, he gets his phone back, makes his way back up to the seats. And so then I, what? Yeah, I get back to my seats, and the third period was just like dead. I thought that I thought there was no crowd. I thought it looked like I thought it was there. I thought it was in Arizona. Like, and then and then and then they scored the sixth goal or whatever the hell it was. And 
and then everybody leaves, and then so the the game the horn the horn goes at the end of the game, and I I left and. Actually, yeah, just I've been reading a lot at this of time it was like, At this time, it was like six o'clock, you know, because it was an afternoon star. It was a three thirty star, and then, um, and then uh, six, you know, so it was over by six thirty Nashville time. So, and at this time, you know, I I had to I had to run over to the hotel real quick to check in. Then I, I but I ended up going back to Broadway and get some food. And, Adult, music. Beverage, adult beverages and oh yeah live music even though the live music at the one bar was not very well and then i came back to the hotel and i flew came came back sunday so i did get to see a, a little bit of some games uh saturday night but i was didn't, didn't really watch too much of it um but i mean i know you say but, it's, it was all worth unworth like it just was a waste of time waste of money but think about it the Preds aren't going anywhere. They've they've like you've got Jano who is snubbed. We'll get into that. Um, you know you've got a lot of good young players to build around. So I don't think we're gonna see the last of the Predators yet. Just let them let them grow a little bit. Yeah, and it just um... it's a heartbreak though. Because I mean you you go there and you want to see a win. You want to see the fans electrified. You want to see. I was just. I was just disappointed at the level, the the noise level. It was not, it was not what they, what was advertised. You know, what I'm saying, oh, oh, it's the loudest fans in sports. Well, Carolina was the loudest as far as I just was doing TV the other night. Um, but I mean, I still, I still think that as soon I, as I definitely, the crowd hit that, that two games down, you, you lost both games in Colorado. You get that first game, game three in Nashville, and you give up an early goal. That just that that crushed the game. That took the wind out of the sails of, you know, I mean, that was it. That's I guarantee you. That's when the crowd was just like, we're we're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely want to go to their playoff game. Hopefully, it's a little bit better uh, than this, but um, you know. And well, how was you know kind of getting into our next little segment here? How was the the officiating at that game? Uh, it wasn't all that great, but I guess it's consistent the way it has been throughout the season. But it's and, consistently yeah, but inconsistent. Consistently bad. Consistently right. bad. But it's I mean, inconsistent it's just... because, like, if if you watch some games, you know what they consider a cross check in one game they let go in another game. Yeah. It's, like it's the same series. Everything is the same. Or in some cases, the same game. But yeah, I mean, they're just not calling things consistently. It's just. Yeah. And again, it just goes back. Like for me, you know, I just think the refs need to be held accountable. And I still think you should be able to replay certain no calls that affect a, a goal scoring play. And I think there was a couple penalties in this game three. Um, I'm like, I'm looking and I'm like, and even the, the fans are going, you know, like given the usual, what they usually do for the rest. It's like, you know, rest you, you know, uh, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's like, I mean, games, it, it, it was a 
called it tripping, and I'm like looking at, I'm looking, I'm watching it live. I'm like, that was not a trip. I don't know what he was looking at. Yeah, and I don't know which series it was. Um, I I might have been the Calgary Dallas series, but um, you know they get oh, I forget who it was, so they get somebody for for slashing. It was just like a little tap on the stick, and they call that slashing. It was about five minutes later. Mangiapani comes down and slashes a stick out of, I want to say it was Jamie Ben's hands. And then there was no call. So, I mean, how how do you get into a rhythm of a game? How do you not let the officiating bring you down? Like, you are, you're always coached. Like, you know, penalties happen. It's part of the game. Don't let it get you down. Like, you can't stay beat up and and you have to move on from it. <clears throat> but how do you get past that when those types of things are happening? You know, what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. So I, I just think that because things are so inconsistent now, you know, pe- the, the players just don't know what to do. I know. Even Marshawn doesn't. But um, so, I mean. He gets, he gets I, taken out by the refs. I, <laughs> So, um, so I, I kind of pretty much recap game three. <laughs> I mean, it was a loss. And so, but game four, um, that's, that's really when I was just all off. I mean, I, I, and the Predators actually got their first lead of the game, a series in that, in that game, uh, three to two, but that Colorado came right back and tied it up. And then they had eventually seven to three. But, you know, they just didn't have the – I don't want to say they didn't have the desire. They Let just, me just I tell you, I, I just the don't, one thing that you needed to not do was give Colorado the power play. I just and don't in, think – And in game three, they were four for four on the power play when I had turned it – you know, when I had kind of stopped watching it. Four for four on the power play, and you continued to take penalties. Well, you know, that and the wall of the rope. I mean, you so, have so, to. The some of them were penalties. But... You're right. Some of those were questionable. But you have to play, you know, extremely cautious when you've got a team like Colorado that can make you pay on the power play. And, and they did. They made you guys, you know, they, they killed you which, guys on special teams. Which goes back to another thing. I mean, this is the playoffs. I mean, and they're calling penalties like, like, more than they do in regular season games. And it's like, it's the playoffs. Let things go a little bit. I mean, I'm not I, saying. I agree. I'm not I, saying I, let those. Game four, I think the Preds just, I mean, especially when Colorado scored that fourth goal, they. I think the, the win just. Well, that yeah, sealed they, it right they, there. They just, I, yep. It, you know, because sure. And then the way they ended the season, they probably didn't even deserve to make the playoffs. But uh, dropping the last five games. Um, but uh, the, I'm watching Game Four on ESPN, and these announcers were the worst announcers I've ever heard. Worse than Jack Edwards. At least, at least Jack Edwards, you know he's a Boston guy, so you know you know coming in if you're listening to him, he's going to be all Boston and all that. Well, this is ESPN, a national network. 
They're supposed to be more, you know, neutral, balanced, you know, you know, balanced. You got know, this wrong. time and this time. And all I heard, I mean, yeah, the game was pretty much dominated by Colorado. But all you heard, these announcers, especially play by K, was Colorado. Colorado. And this guy. And this guy. And it's like, and then the coach. And it's like, um, have they said anything about any of the Predators? I think they said mentioned something about Yossi. But it's like, um, he's not the only Predator out there. So, I mean, I, I'm just... Yeah, those are frustrating off. games. Even as, like, a non-fan to either team, when I hear a game that's so one-sided with the with the announcing, it just but I don't, like, turns I, me off. Like, I just, I don't like that because when I'm watching two teams that... This, this is just me, but... Like, I watch and I try to analyze the game. I see kind of how the play goes. Like, I'm no expert. I just have fun doing it. But I kind of break the game down. I see how they break out. Like, I just try to see the intricate side of, of, the, of the sport. And I want to learn about each team playing. Like, I want to know who's hot, who's not. I want to hear stats on both teams. You know, if I, if I didn't care about that, I would just watch a feed on ESPN of – you know, whatever team I wanted to just hear the bias of. But, yeah, on a national TV game of two teams that I don't care about, I just want to learn about the teams and, and learn. That's it. But, I mean, is it is it noticeable if you, for somebody who's watching the game that's not a fan of any of these teams? Is yeah, it, absolutely. Is it noticeable? Because, I, you know, I don't – Absolutely. Being, I mean, when I watch some of these other games, I'm – but I mean, it really hasn't been that bad. Actually, I think TNT and TBS actually have been really good uh, telecasts, and the and the announcers have been decent for the most part. It's just ESPN is just I don't know. And I, and this isn't the only game that I mean. Yeah, I don't remember what other series it was. Um, and it seems like that same guy. He's just I think he's a football guy or something. I don't think he knows hockey at all. The African American guy. No, Levy, Levy, Levy. Yeah, he's from New uh, York. He, uh, he, he don't know he's hockey. That's where we go. Oh well, he's. He used to be. Uh, he used to be on ESPN, like the original, like Sports Center. I know. Every game that I've seen him do, he's terrible. He goes off. I actually on don't mind him. And, I don't but, mind him. Um, Leah Hextall. Uh, she's not very good in my opinion she's, well, she's knowledgeable she, I'll give her that she's very smart but I just she's dry to me I just can't buy yeah, into her, she, I, her the, the things she says are kind of stupid but I mean as far as do, when she's actually doing my play by play she's actually not bad because she's I mean she's you know she's actually like describing the play See, I mean, she's not she's not pausing. She's like continuous. Yeah, but, but I think I think this is where the problem is. But the content that she's saying is different. Yeah, some of it is. Some of it is. But that, I think part of the other issue is like she emphasizes the wrong words. Like, oh yeah, that's Yossi true. coming around the ice. He's got the puck. He's got the puck, and he's skating it back up the ice, and he gets it into the zone, and then he takes a shot. Like, no, oh. I want it to be like. He's in the zone. He takes a shot. You know, like there's, I don't know. I just feel like her flow's off. Maybe, maybe I'm just way overthinking this. Maybe I'm just not even on the right page. But 
Yeah, that does sound kind of familiar, but um, I uh, I think the most, uh, as far as the Preds are concerned, um, I, I, I think John Hines has to go. Uh, it, it's time. I mean, I wasn't a fan from day one, but he doesn't. He didn't have his players ready. It, this season's been. I mean, it was an up and down season, but it didn't. I mean, there was more downs and ups, and he just he doesn't seem to get his players right. I mean, this guy. See, but I read uh, something really interesting about this, him. This guy was in New Jersey, and he. Um, I had notes on him somewhere um, as far as when he was in New Jersey. Um, I can't seem to find him right now, but he, he was, was – New Jersey was one of the worst teams when he was coaching. Um, I had that written down somewhere too. Where the heck did I put those notes? Um I can't find him. Well, you know what but, I heard. I, mean, I was. I, I, he, he was there four or five years. Uh, again, this was in my notes, and I lost my notes. But he, he, they were in the bottom of the league. Three of the four years that they made the playoffs, one year he was there, and I think it was five games. And if if New Jersey doesn't want him, why the heck did New Jersey uh, Nashville want him? I'll tell you exactly why, and it makes perfect sense. No. Because people are starting to question Poyle. Does he well, have what it uh, takes to create a Stanley Cup winning team? Because he hasn't shown it in all these years. He's had some great deals, some great trades, some great signings. And I mean, but has it been enough? Uh, you don't I, have a banner. I, I think, uh, but I mean, t- there's nobody out. Who are they going to get? I mean, they, you got to keep. That's why. That's he's one. He's one of the best GMs in the league, and well, um, you know who his fall guy is. I don't know. Um, no, that so, was a, that was so probably when the team doesn't win. Poyle can point the finger at Hines, so he's going to buy Hines as much time as he possibly can, because if Poyle doesn't start putting a more competitive team into the Stanley Cup playoffs, they can actually get deep into the playoffs. I mean, Detroit back in the nineties. They teetered, you know, their way in. So they had a couple of first-round knockouts. Then the next year they made it to the semis, you know. And, and every year they crept a little bit closer, and they grew into the, into the, you know, the Stanley Cup Finals. Nashville hasn't done that. They, they've been close. They've been close. They haven't made the playoffs. Then they make a run for the Stanley Cup, and they, get, they, they lose the cup, but oh. they make it. And with now you're the track. Now, now you just that was a Flaviolat, not Rahines. No, but that's what I'm saying. But I mean, but who was who the GM? Well, it was Poyle, but I well, mean, that's what I mean. So, I mean, you, you he's been the only general manager. See, but here's my question like, yeah, he can wheel and deal, but can he actually actually see a winning lineup? Like, well, that's, I mean, that's that's up to the coach and the scouts. Well, that's what I mean. But who puts the who puts the scouts in place? It all comes from the GM. So I mean, does he have what it takes to put a Stanley Cup championship team on the ice? Like, can he can he actually continue to put the puzzle together to where it's complete? That's the question. 
he's been close. I mean, he's had the secret sauce once that got him into the, the finals. And well, I, don't, I don't know who you lost <clears throat> after that year that would make the difference in, in the performance and the outcomes. I, I just don't think Hines is the answer to for the Predators. I don't even I don't, know. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think Hines is good for any NHL team. I think he's just an NHL guy. But, I mean. See, it's funny you say that because, like, I, for me, it's Blashill. I, I, go, I'm sorry. Go I just want to touch, I mean, to, to, to touch a base on, you know, Minnesota has, he, I don't know. I believe he's a GM, or at least he's um, more, or above the GM. More, I don't remember his. I don't know his official title. He was actually in the Predators system. He was actually with Poyle. Um, no, you don't remember. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, the Minnesota Wild. Um, and then he got, you know, of course, he's got all these ex, ex-predators, but like Fiela, but um, Leopold, oh, he was an owner. He was part of owner. That's right. So, yeah, so he was there. He was in the ownership. Um, so I think he's, I think he's, I think he's in the ownership of the wild. So he's not, not a GM, but I, I just, you know, I wonder if the, if the Predators, I mean, I didn't really care for Leopold when he was in Nashville, but he seems to be doing a decent job in Minnesota. Well, was, but um, I'll let you finish up this point, and then we got to go into some playoff uh, recaps. No, we can we can just get right into the playoff recaps. That's fine. I just yeah, I just think that um, Poyo is going to keep Hines around as as long as he can because you know the finger pointing can 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 continue until the ownership takes a uh, different path on it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, and uh, we'll see. We'll just uh, keep an eye on just it. Say with the West, uh, they're pretty interesting series. They are. They are. I'll, I'm going to start with Calgary and Dallas. Um, you know, so since we last met here, uh, we, we missed game three, four, and five. Uh, game three, you know, is in Dallas. Um you know, it was a it was a four to two Dallas victory. Um, this this game was rough. This game was rough. Like as I'm watching it, I it almost reminded me of the Red Wings and Avalanche series back in the day. It was just every chance you you get, you would take an, an extra liberty at somebody. You know, several roughings, misconducts. It was just one of those. You know, it was the playoff hockey. It almost felt like playoff ho- hockey from the '90s. Um. <clears throat> But it was it, it was a good, you know, it was four to two. Dallas comes out with the win, um, two goals for for Pavelski. He's playing great hockey right now. Um, you know, moving into game four, you know, again in Dallas, this was a four to one Calgary victory. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, you know, he's just he's been keeping up with the point streak. He uh, he added two more in game four. Just playing great hockey. He's, he's finding the puck, which is allowing him, you know to shoot it's allowing him to you know create plays and, and he's finding ways to capitalize on it so he's had he had a heck of a game for um you know and it wasn't in this game compared to game three it just wasn't as as physical it didn't feel like didn't feel like it was as personal out there it was more of you know trying to actually win the hockey game not out you know 
you know, play out physicality. So you're out your opponent. Uh, but moving into game five, you know, that's a, the last one we, we missed. Um, this was a three to one Calgary victory. This, this put Calgary up in the series three to two, uh, Michael, um, you know, Michael Backlund, he, you know, he's playing excellent. He's got three points. Two of those are actually, um, you know, those are goals. And, you know, I, I just think you got to keep an eye on him. You know, Backlund's finding, he's finding the back of the net and he's finding ways to create offense for uh, Calgary out there. So you got to keep an eye on him. Do uh, so that, that series, I believe they've got a game going on tonight might be as we speak here. Um, uh, it, do you want me to finish up? Do you want that me to go St. Louis and that starts at the nine thirty uh, game, so that should oh, be just, just starting underway as we're recording. Okay, do you, um, to, do you want me to wrap this one up? The Minnesota St. Louis. This one can be pretty quick. And well, let me just uh, uh, let, uh, let me. Uh, I'll end it with this with the Minnesota game because uh, the Oilers and Kings. That that's uh, that's actually kind of a shocking series, actually. It is um, a little bit. Now, game three was last Friday. Um, it actually didn't start until after we, you know, it, was, it might have, because of our technical difficulties, might have been going. But Edmonton, <laughs> they, they were just too much for the Kings. They won that 8-2. to two. Uh, McDavid, Tricidal showed up for that game. Uh, that gave them a 2-1 series. And then going into Sunday, what a response for the Kings. They went out and they – Totally shut down the Oilers four to nothing, and then on Tuesday, that gutsy performance. Um, actually, there's a couple lead changes, I believe. Um, I think Emmett, uh, the Kings, the Kings had the lead first, or um, and then the Ed, and then Edmonton had to come back in that game. Um, yeah, they uh, yeah, your boy Troy Stetcher scored early in the first period. That yeah, game. I saw that. And then, um, you know, and then the Edmonton tied it up, and then the Kings went ahead. And then, of course, you know, so it was back and forth. Um, Edmonton actually got two goals late, uh, one shorthanded, one power play uh, by Leon Dreisaitl, both of them, to tie the game. And then Adrian Kempe uh, won it in overtime. That's a huge win for Edmonton, tied the series. And then uh, that sets up a huge game seven tomorrow night. But I think the most um, interesting one is uh, your next one. Yeah, I, I just want to say something about Edmonton. They're getting exactly what they purchased in Ken Holland. You know, Holland does not know how to create a championship team. He has no idea how to budget the checkbook he again is a phenomenal pre cap era gm so i think you know the other thing that people don't realize and just to interrupt uh late breaking as we're live uh the rangers pittsburgh was 3-3 the rangers scored uh late to go up 4-3, and now they just put an empty net goal in with 26 seconds. So they're up 5-3, so it looks like there'll be a game seven for that. Wow. Awesome. 
so, hockey going on now. So, uh, let, but yeah, really so, quick, getting back to my point, I'll get, I'll get up to my series. Is people don't realize that during Detroit's biggest push, the the era that everyone remembers in the '90s, Ken Holland didn't go at this alone. He had Scotty Bowman in his back pocket. Scotty Bowman was the mind and he was, you know, he was the creator of the, that, that dominant Red Wings team. And yes, he, he would tell Holland who he wanted and Holland would just open the checkbook and go get him. Well, once that changed and it was, now I don't have Scotty Bowman telling me who to go pick. Now I have to go find somebody, but I have to sign them within a, a budget. So we have X amount of dollars to spend. I, I don't have an open checkbook anymore. And that's when Holland was really exposed that, you know, maybe he's not as good as you think he is. And sure, people are going to jump on his train. Yeah, the guy got Stanley Cups, of course. But again, he had help. He had people helping him figure out who to draft. He had people telling him what the, the needs were. You know, and I get it. That's what a team is. But other people built that team. He just signed the checks. Well, actually, the Illiches. So he took the check to the Illiches. But anyway, we'll get into the St. Louis, Minnesota series here. Um, yeah, this is a wild one. You know, I this series shocked me. This series made a liar out of me. I am wrong, and I'll admit that I'm wrong. But anyways, we'll get into it. Game three, five to one, completely lopsided, wild victory. Um, you know, the Blues just didn't show up this game. You know, I watched it out there. They couldn't complete passes. They just, they looked lost. They felt the pressure of the wild all night long, and they just weren't able to actually get any momentum going in, into the offensive zone. It was all, you know, take shots from the point and just hope for the best. Like, they never really took any, you know, serious chances to score a goal, and um, you were watching during our uh, episode twelve. What's that? <laughs> you were watching during our episode. No, I go back. And it I was Friday. Oh, yeah, I know what oh, it was. I, I thought you yeah, were watching. You can, you can go back and watch them. Oh, I, no, I, I I try to watch the series games that I chat about here. Um, but yeah, they just you know it wasn't a super physical game. Like yes, it it was there was some physicality, but it wasn't, you know, a high penalty. It wasn't, you know, you weren't getting the roughings. You didn't have a lot of the piles up, pile up after the whistles. Um, it, it was kind of a mellow game. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Minnesota or maybe St. Louis had to bring more of it. Who knows? But moving to game five, game four. Um, sorry. Um, so game four, you know, they're, in uh, St. Louis, and uh, that was a five to two. It was a bounce back by the Blues. They came out. They were organized. You know, they were completing passes. Um, you know, they actually played a more controlled game. Like watching that game, they actually were able to control the play and the momentum going into the zone. They were able to set up plays, um, and it was just a much better. It was a much better played game by by the Blues, and the scoreboard showed that. And Uh-oh. You know, where I'm starting to show, yeah, and this is that that's a great that's great actually, perfect timing, because I thought Marc Andre Fleury was going to come in and make all the difference in the world. 
I thought he was going to, this was his dog and pony show. This was his last hurrah. And he was going to go out with a bang. And I, I had Minnesota winning the Stanley Cup. And I am not even close. But, yeah, that was kind of disappointing. You know, moving into game five, you know, another five to two blowout by the Blues. You know, they just, they, they continue to bring their A game. They continue to put shots on net. Um, you know, and they just took that carryover from the previous game and just brought all the same momentum. So, you know, Tarasenko gets a hat trick in this game. You know, they were just, they created offense all night long. And Minnesota just had no way to combat it. They had no way to shut it down. They played on their heels. They were panicked. Um, you could, you know, you can almost tell like, hey, desperation mode is, is kicking in. But, you know, another mild game. I think it became, you know, the, the Wild had to start actually playing hockey. They had to, you know, put away the, the nonsense and the silly stuff, and they needed to actually go out there and play hockey. Um, you know, game six, you know, it's a five to one lose win, you know, that closed out the series. Good night, Minnesota. That made the lie out of it. Yep. And I just want, but here's something. Did you hear about this? Cam Talbot is reportedly really pissed off about Mark Andre Fleury playing as much time as he did in this series. Cam Talbot, Talbot and his mom, or his mom, his wife, um, both agreed that he needed to be a net more in this series. It would have been different. Do you agree with that? I don't know if it were, really would have mattered. Yeah, the Blues, I, they, I feel, feel like they came out of nowhere. Well, like I said, well, like I was right. I, I called it. I said the Blues in six. You did. You did. Well, well, at least one good thing we don't have to we don't have to listen to this anymore this season. The Buffalo song. And I just want to say. But I'm just going to say this for I, Cal- oh, go ahead. I just want to say that I just want to say. Bye bye wild. Yeah. Bye bye flurry. I'm going to say this for Colorado. The game set Colorado St. Louis. If you're Colorado, you are going to do one of two things, not take a penalty, or if you do, you're going to put two of the four guys on the ice on Ryan O'Reilly. O'Reilly has four power play goals in the last four games. He is a special teams guru right now, and he is not somebody that you're going to want to have to worry about if you take too many penalties so colorado's got to play a really clean game or the blues and, are going to make them pay and colorado will actually be playing somebody see they're i mean they they kind of coasted they they had they pretty much i, I almost was saying they had a buy round they they did not yeah, they but, weren't they didn't they weren't they didn't have any any competition really they had they, they had were, two young it, goalies it, it, but it's they were two they're, young goalies they basically were playing four scrimmages, four practice games. Um, so you know it's going to be interesting to see them play a real team. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if They're they drop this. Still. But um, yeah, well, really, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, they're a good team, but I don't think they're they're not going to be. It's not going to be like you know the, the last four games that they played. Um, 
you know, no, they're, they're, no, I no. think they're good. I think game one, they're going to, I don't want to get into any previews yet, but, um, cause we guys still can't recap these, but I just, I just think, yeah, let's you know, I, I just, I just want to say that I, I think Colorado is going to underestimate St. Louis in game one and they are just going to get totally destroyed. I mean, well, I, I'm not going to say the ball. Uh... When do we – our next uh, recording, will we have time to recap or preview all the games? Um, they've already started. I think they've already started. I, yeah, the, we're not going to have a choice. We, the second run might start by then. I'm not sure. It depends on when we when we record, um, which we'll get to a little bit later. But let's uh, – Well, just for, must... for our viewers, yeah, we'll move into the east. But for our viewers, we're going to we'll, – we'll air our predictions. Um because we, we talk on a regular basis, so we'll actually put our predictions out and see how wrong I am still. So next show, you'll get all of our predictions prior to the round two starting. But are you ready to move into the East, sir? Yeah, it looks like let's start with the Panthers and Washington series, unless you want to start. Uh... Nope, that's okay. Nope, we can start with that. So, yeah, so on the East here, you've got Florida and Washington um three two is a series as of right now florida's got the lead in the series up on washington uh but it's a little surprising to me i feel like washington wasn't they weren't really a team people talked about you know they squeaked in um currently washington's had a two to one lead with 15 minutes to play in this game six so we could be seeing a game seven that's you know that's that's shocking to me um, well, I guess I shouldn't say it's shocking to me. Washington comes to, you know, this series with a lot of NHL experience. I mean, TJ Oshie, this series has been just absolutely playing out of his mind. Um, you know, he's got in the last three games, he's got one, two, three, four goals. Um, one, so he's got five, five points in this series. The kid's playing good hockey. He's been playing with this squad for a while. So, you know, these these don't don't underestimate Washington either. You know, they're giving Florida the number one team in the league a run for their money. The curse. But anyway, um, yeah, game three, six to one caps win that. They actually come out, they you know, they're at home, they they blow the roof off. Six to one, Manta, you know, he's finding the score sheet for more than one reason. Um, that, that actually, that game was actually on in one, in one of the establishments that I was in in Nashville before the, uh, before the game, and I was amazed. It was like three minutes before I even knew anything. Before I even get my food, I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, and I, I know you had mentioned something about Mantha, um, you know, taking his liberties out there. But anyway, yeah, we can get into that a little bit later. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, so he, Mantha finds the score sheet, gets an assist. Um, you know, he's Mantha, you know, he's, he's not, I don't know, not going to bash a kid, but hopefully he finds a better groove in Washington, but yeah, moving on to game four, you know, final game in Washington in the back to back and it was three to two Florida. They won it in overtime for Haggy and Ekblad, you know, they each tallied two points in this, in this game and. Um, you know, that was one of them, including the game winner. So that might be a fun, fun duo to keep an eye on. They're, they're playing uh, pretty good here. Uh, let's see. They had the OT winner. They had one in game three. 
Um, yep. So, yeah, so they they tallied together three times so far. So keep an eye on that line. I think that line's going to put a lot of uh, pressure, um, you know, on Washington, and, and we'll see what happens. I, I think this is a fun series to, to watch, and uh, we'll move here on to game five, going back to Florida. Uh, five to three Florida victory. They, they, again, another team that took that momentum from game four into game five and found a way to get it done. Uh, Verhage, you know, as I had mentioned, you know, he's all over the score sheet. So again, you, you got to find a way to shut these guys down. Like the playoffs are a different animal. It's not just going to be, I know he just came to the team, but it's not just going to be Claude Giroux. And, you know, there's more people that come and emerge in these times. So, you know, Verhage's really showing that he's, he's going to find a way to put points on the board. So shut him down. Um, you know, we'll talk about the whole Mantis shows, you know, showing his frustration on Ekblad. So we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but again, you know, Oshi, he's been pretty deadly on the power play. So, you know, Florida, that you got to stay out of the box. You can't, you can't let him on the ice. He's another one that's going to make you pay. So, um, you know, again, Verhage right now, he's leading with, with five goals, five assists. He's got 10 points in the first series. You know, he's, he's exciting to watch right now. So, um, you know, you got to keep an eye on him. Yeah. So it looks like, uh, Carolina and Boston, what an intriguing series. It's getting, it's really physical. You know, Marshawn's starting his usual tactics, but, you know, Friday game three, um, I'm not sure if I had any updates during our show, but Boston come away with a 4-2 win. Uh, That was in Carolina. Um, Yeah, that was in Carolina. Um, And it it, was just a gutsy performance by Boston coming into Carolina. These fans are rabid. I mean, I got to say, they they are definitely uh, the loudest fans in the, in the league because I mean, it was just a deafening. It, it was, it was, uh, a bunch of jerks. it was just deafening. And, I love and, it. and this is on TV and, and it's just amazing atmosphere. Uh, and, and that's for what Boston, it was like for Preds a few years back. Yeah. And, and for Boston to come in and just quiet that down, or at least try, try to quiet down. It was still loud, even with a four, two win. And then game four, I thought Carolina would respond, but Boston, they were just too much. Um, 5-2 win. And Marshan had five points Uh, in the game, right? uh, That was the game he had, uh, yeah, two goals and three assists, I believe Yeah, five points that game. Um, And, yeah, and, I mean, there's, you know, uh, a lot of of plays by Carolina in that – Second period, um, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, six penalties. Six, they were the, actually they were the only one. Um, Boston didn't take any penalties in the second period. Uh, Al had a double minor uh, for high sticking late in the second period, and then, um, but yeah, it was just it was just a physical. See, Marshan, physical as game. Much as, I, as much as I don't like him, I actually can't stand Marshan. But he was quiet leading up until the playoffs. He was nowhere to be found. The score sheet couldn't find. I mean, it was almost like he didn't exist for weeks before the playoffs started. 
didn't show up for the first couple of games, but he just finds a way to turn it up. Like he just when 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 it's on the line, he finds a way to make it happen, and it drives me nuts because I want to see him fail at everything that he does. And he had five. Yeah, I mean he I mean, he had five points in Boston in in, in five goals. So he he was he had a say in every single one of their goals. So I mean I care. I don't know right. how. I, I hate you know, it. I, I hate and, everything about that. But you can't take his skill away from the conversation. Yes, I I don't like Boston. And, and I yes, guess he's a two way player. But I, I just he, he's. I don't know. He's an excellent hockey player. But then uh, Carolina responded in game five with a 5-1 blowout pretty much. Um, You know, Boston didn't score until the third period. Um, Seth Jarvis, he he, he had a couple of huge goals uh, in the second period and early early in the third period. And then um, Boston's in in the interesting – um, to, for Marshawn and the gang, and you know, Mar- and all those you know top players to get shut out because do you want to guess who the Boston goal scorer was in that game? That you won't never even heard of the guy who Connor Clifton. Connor, I that was his. I believe that was his first uh, playoff game. Connor Clifton, good, good to you. Um, and I, I, so obviously that was his first. Uh, First game, he's actually played. Uh, well, he's played four career playoff games. Um, no, forty-two career playoff games. He's got four career playoff goals. Um, he's played six six playoff games in this series. He's a defenseman. Um, so, but so yeah, Bob and Carolina were just they, they were too much, and uh, so their game so, seven. So that right that, that, uh, that it was going to send it to seven games. And that game seven is going to be tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So that leads us to the next Eastern Conference uh, matchup. This is this is another intriguing series. This is a good series. This is actually, and everybody knew it was a good series. Um, you know, I even said it was a good series. But Tampa Bay and Toronto, this series is going to game seven, three to three, tied it up. Um, you know, this has just been. It's been fun hockey. So game three, yeah, in Tampa Bay, Toronto comes out, and they just dominated 5-2. to two. Um, You know, Mor- Morgan Riley starts out the uh, the scoring with the th- 40-year-old rookie getting a- an assist on it. Um, but I, I think uh, Mikheyev is... I, I I know it, I, I just for the fans if they really think he's forty he's he's actually twenty six something like that twenty five or twenty six yeah I think he's considered one but of the I mean yeah world records but yeah I mean I, I just I just rookie. yeah so I just continue I just wanted to let our listeners you know because they were probably thinking oh he's really forty years old how's that good how's, how's a forty year old he's just that good. No, but but for Toronto, you know, they came out and played well, and Mikheyev scores the last two goals of the game. So he put up two points. Both of his goals were assisted by Engvall, and, uh, you know, they just they came out and they played well. They played a good game. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the uh, the highlights here. Yeah, one that I'm surprised about is 
you know, Matthews isn't anywhere to be found. He isn't anywhere to be found in game three. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's 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 a problem when your best player is not even listed on the uh, the score sheet. But yeah, what, did he take the night off? He must have. But, you know, in game four for Toronto, Nylander or Nylander, um, you know, he showed up. He showed up to play. He scored, you know, two goals. Ma- Matthews finally gets the assist on the first one. So, um, so now, yeah, so now Matthews is starting to wake up a little bit here in this series. Um, you know, but Colton for uh, – for Tampa Bay, he he also scores two goals, and Hagel had the assist on both of those. So, but yeah, at the end of that game, Tampa Bay comes out, dominates it, you know, seven three, and you know, going into uh, Game Five, Toronto has to do something different. Like they have to wake up, and they have to actually start playing the game of hockey that that they're accustomed to playing. So they come out and they end up getting the four to three win. And, you know, 35 Tampa Bay shots, um, you know, Jack Campbell played phenomenal in this game. He kept them in this game. If you go back and you look at some of the saves he made in the second period, he was just on. Like, you you could see he was dialed in, and he, he kept Toronto in this game. He helped Toronto win this game. So, you know, Jack Campbell played an excellent game. Um, Nylander shows up. He's continuing to put uh, points on the on the board. He's got a two assists and a goal. Um, you know they just they showed up and you know they just they started playing hockey. This was not one of the rougher games of the series. So again, this is a more hockey. Let's keep it close. Let's play each other. Let's see who can win this game. Moving into Game Six. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, it's, it's, you know, they're on the ropes. If they don't win this game, they're done. So in overtime, the game goes to overtime. Tampa Bay pulls it off. But, um, but yeah, Nylander shows up again. He continues to, um, you know, he just continues to find ways to put, put points on the score sheet. So he's he's somebody that's playing just great hockey right now, and it was an absolute goalie clinic in this game. Thirty-five shots for Tampa Bay, thirty-two for Toronto, and again I had mentioned Jack Campbell earlier, but Vasilevsky's playing some great hockey as well, and you know that's that's why these guys are considered to be the best in the game, and it's just absolutely fun to watch this goalie clinic that they're putting on right now. So game seven is a must. Um, you know, and then Matthews, he started to wake up right now. He's leading the, the team with eight points. Um, but, you know, Nylander, he's still my guy to watch. I, I think he's going to come out and have a breakout game. He's going to continue to put points on the board. I mean, he's got three um, three goals and, and four assists in the last three games. So he's hot right now. So Nylander. That's my guy to watch. Uh, so that leads us into the Penguins and Rangers. Another game, uh, game three. Um, I saw towards the end of, actually, I saw part of the game. Um, after, you know, this is because it was on after after the game. Uh, you know, I was obviously done with the game I was at. 
So, you know, and I'm watching some of his game, and it was actually, the score was 7-4, to four, but it was actually a lot more competitive than a 7-4 to four game. Um, you know, the Penguins did score the four goals in the first period. Um, Evan Rodriguez, uh, I believe he was a former saver, I think. At one time, I don't remember if it was a trade or a free agency, but um, he's got... Uh, he had two goals his, uh, at the end of the um, first period uh, uh, towards the middle. One was a power play goal. Uh, that extended the lead to 4-1. to one. They had scored three straight after the Rangers tied it up. But then the second period, uh, the Rangers came out a lot, a lot better in the second period, um, scoring three goals in the second and they outshot them uh, seventeen to seven in the second period. Um, but you know, Panarin, Panarin actually, you know, he got his second goal, so he started to show up. Let's see, see if he will, if he continues uh, that in the next coming games. But then the Penguins just, you know, third period they just, uh, um, I think there was this was in Pittsburgh, I think. You know, wait, game three, yeah, game three was in Pittsburgh, so. Um, so they, you know, they, you know, they got, you know, their fans got behind them, and they got their, you know, three quick goals, um, and then you know, tight, kind of blew the lead out, and you know, it get it got a little a little physical, but then that led led us to game four, another, uh, and this, you know, seven to two. This is just totally totally one sided. I don't know if the Rangers even showed up for that game. Um, but then uh, game five back in New York, the Rangers uh, held on to win five to three. Uh, in this game, Crosby went down. Uh, Truba hit him, but uh, Crosby had uh, a couple shifts after that. Um, he had a couple shifts after he got hit, and then he left the game. Um, but yeah, they you know this game was just and and you know it's a lot lot more penalties. You know it's good starting to rev up phys- physically. Um, then that led us into game six tonight. Um, I don't want to recap everything. Well, actually, I probably can because the game's over with. Um, yeah, so I might as well recap this as long as you know. Um, but the Rangers, uh, they they did it. They. They forced a game seven, which will be Sunday. Uh, time is two to be determined. Um, but a five to three win. Um, the Penguins actually had a two nothing lead in this game, and then Mika Zibanejad had a power play goal. I believe that was the Rangers had a. Uh, no, the, the the Penguins killed off the five on three. No, the Rangers killed off the five on three. That's right. The Penguins had a five on three power play, and then the Rangers ended up with a uh, um that was a double minor. Uh, I forgot uh, forgot which one of the Penguins. Um, it was a high sticking high sticking double minor on. Um, oh, I forgot who he had. It was just tonight too. I watched it, um, but uh, but and that was uh. That was a part by goal. The second goal was an absolute laser. I mean, that thing, I, that had to have been over a hundred miles an hour shot. 
Uh, there's no re- there's no way Deming could have saw that or even I mean he probably just felt it go by him because that thing was a rocket. I, I saw him shoot that. I'm like wow. And then Kreider scored another power play goal. And Malkin came right back, tied it up. But then uh, late late in the third period, Kreider scores again. That's his fourth goal to playoffs. And then Andrew Kopp uh, sealed it with an empty net, uh, forcing a game seven. So this this series, you know, I, I know I originally thought that Pittsburgh was going to win it in five. So you know the Rangers, you know, no 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 die in the Rangers. Um, so that that's our uh, recaps for for this round, um, at least you know. So we'll we'll have a couple game sevens, you know, this weekend coming up, and then um, round, hockey. round two will probably start Monday. I'm thinking. Um, I think the last game seven, if available, would be Sunday. So. I, I, I believe round two would probably start Saturday or one Monday. It'll probably be Colorado and St. Louis, but and obviously they don't. They haven't announced that yet. Well, but well, you, uh, I'm thinking that will be. They announced um, too, but uh, but they uh, but yeah, we'll we'll write our predictions to each other and we'll share it on air next week. But yeah, uh, since, so we uh, got, no, and we got some coach, we got some coaching. Uh, information you know it's getting to be that time of year yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna start with detroit and i know i think we're gonna argue on the same one of the same candidates here um you know there's there's actually three one of them i'm just gonna kind of graze over because they probably won't be an option so i'm not gonna get too deep um but he's one of the most winningest coaches in the nhl uh joel quinville um, you know, there's been some thoughts and rumors about him possibly taking a look into Detroit, but then there's other rumors that debunk that. So I'm not going to get into it, but he's one of the three. Um, you know, then I've got Lane Lambert. Now, Lane Lambert, he was a second round pick by Detroit back in 1983. Um, you know, where he played a little bit of hockey and got into coaching and administrative and he's been shadowing actually your boy there, D Law, uh, Barry Trotzy since 2011. Yeah, that seems like a lot. A lot of these coaches, they they keep their own. They got their guys, and they follow them around. Yeah, Lavi does, and yeah, you know, he's the guy. So yeah, he's bounced around with Lane Lambert. He's been, you know, he's been with. Uh, so uh, I'm wondering. Phil, he's followed him to to Washington, New York. So yeah, he's you know he's he's right there on Barry Trotz's hip, and you know I wonder if they're that I wanted to mentor from. I wonder if they're you know they they do decide on Trotz, and then obviously Trotz will probably bring in Lambert. Um, well, I don't know Lambert. And, it's kind of like the NFL where you just and then and then I'm the but, and let him fly. Well, I'm thinking what they'll do is I don't know how, you know, if Drotz, you know, because he's been coached for years, and I'm just wondering if he's, you know, thinking about maybe hanging it up, not, not staying, you know, later long. So maybe he'll sign, maybe he'll only sign like one or two years and bring in Lambert, kind of groom him, and then have him, I don't know if that, if you know, and then take over after. Now, I don't know if that is even, or I don't know if they would actually have to hire him. See, I don't know how that works as far as coaching. I don't yeah, know if, if he just so. Now, here's, but. What, here's what I'm going to watch this year. When, when this all goes down, 
I want to kind of watch because I don't know because I kind of feel like in the NFL, when a coach is given his opportunity, like there's no passing it up. It's not like, well, let me groom for a couple years and then I'll just kind of slide into this position. A lot can happen in two years. Like that political, you know, that little political scheme of, hey, sit here for a couple years and we'll give you an opportunity. You know, I've been burned by it. Um, at a position I was trying to get. You can't take that chance. I think football is a little bit different because football, it, it it's the, I don't, I don't, you know, this is a hockey podcast, but I, I don't want to get too much into no, football. But no, I, I, I just think football is more of a win now, you know, one year. It's like, there's not, I mean, you know, it, you don't see a lot of dynasties or two or three, you know, it's like one year they're good and the well, next year they might be bad. The Patriots not too well, long ago. That, that, um, they had the best quarterback ever, but, um, but yeah, they had so the anyway, best quarterback ever, but in, in hockey, in, in hockey, you tend to have, you know, you, you build and you tend to have like four or five, four, four or five years where you're at good. And then you got to kind of rebuild. Yeah. So, but with, but, and that's, that's exactly where Detroit is right now is in that rebuild stage. They've got some, I think major... they're like about halfway. I think they're like three years into that. Yeah. But, but Iserman just started, like we're just now starting to see the first crop of Iserman. I mean, cider was the first pick for Iserman in, in Detroit. And it was cider played in Sweden. Then he played for grand Rapids. Then he came to the red wings. So I mean, he kind of went through this transition, but anyway, I um, think this there, is a good. Uh, you you had more taught more. Um, yeah. With, oh, with, oh, you want? I just want to say more about why Lane Lambert would be a good pick for um, the Red Wings. Um, not only has he been following Trots and he knows what it takes to win, because he got a cup with Trots in Washington, but you know he was the head coach of Milwaukee. And he went 178 and 103. That's not terrible. So he's got the experience working with young players. So I think he's definitely an opportunity. He's he's on the younger side. Um, I think he's probably a good candidate to take the, the next coaching role for the Red Wings. However, with the Islanders releasing Barry Trotz, this brings up another opportunity. And I know you're going to speak about why it would make sense for Nashville. But... Um, with Barry Trotz, you know, like I said, just recently released by the Islanders, you know, people don't realize that he's 879 and 670 in his career record. You know, this is his 23rd season behind the bench. He knows the game. He, he won. Now, this is what makes me interested. The Red Wings are essentially just a glorified Grand Rapids Griffins. So they're dealing with a lot of young kids on the roster, on the starting roster for the Red Wings. So he won two Calders in in Portland. He knows how to develop and grow young kids. So I think he's a guy that Detroit definitely should take a look at. And I know there there were some rumors about how him and Verona didn't quite get along. Well... At this opportunity, at this junction, Verona, sit tight. If Trotsy comes in, we're, you're, we're in for a good ride. Just let it happen. So those are my those are my three. Take it away. 
And it's a good uh, seg into your rant room this week. Uh, this week. You are now entering the rant room. Dila. Hey, Dila. Uh, I'm in the rent room now. Yeah, come on in. You're not not quite yet. I wanted to make sure you were here. Close the door behind you. So this week's rant room is the pathetic Lou Lamorello firing Barry Trotz. How how stupid do you have to be? So let me let me just say this. I'm going to start with. It comes down to a player saying, I don't like this coach. I'm not going to play here anymore unless you get rid of him. Well, let me let me say something. How well did that work for Buffalo when Jack Eichel? Now, mind you, the player that Lou Lamorello is siding with is Matthew Barzell. He's a good hockey player. Don't get me wrong. Jack Eichel is considered elite. Jack Eichel, when healthy, is far superior than Matthew Barzell. So keep that in mind. So the Buffalo Sabres said bye-bye to an elite player after everything had gone down. But at first, Eichel said, you know what? I don't like Bilesma. I want him gone. It's him or me. And the Sabres chose Jack Eichel. And look at how that panned out. Didn't pan out too well. Not saying that Biles was the answer or not, but you you took the side of the player, the coach walks, and you are still very subpar of a team. So Barzell, who's not as good as Eichel, goes into the office and says, Lou, it's me or it's Trotz, and, and walks away. Next day, Lou Lamorello, see you goodbye, Barry Trotz. Now, here, here's what Lou Lamorello's get getting rid of, just so people realize this. So when, when Trotz coached the Islanders, he was 48 and 27 from 18 to 19. From 19 to 20, he had um, 35 wins that season. They only played 68 games. 2021, he had 32 wins. Now, mind you, they only played 56 games, well above 50% win rate. This year, they go 37 and 35 with 82 games. Now, let's take a look. He has a two-time Jack Adams Award winner. One of those was actually with the Islanders in 2019. So you are taking a, a guy who wins an award because the NHL and all of the peers and everybody in the league sees this guy as taking a dumpster fire and actually making it into a hockey team, kind of like the Mighty Ducks. So here's the guy who developed your team and grew the hell out of it, and you're going to get rid of him? Are you kidding me? D-Law, here's where you come in. Answer this question. Where, if I said 1 to 10, where does Barry Trotz land for all-time winning as coach? 1 to 10. Just take a guess. The top 10 is incredible to begin with. Probably 7. Try third. Barry Trotz is the third most winningest coach in NHL history, only behind the great Scotty Bowman and Joel Quinville. 
It wasn't in Nashville. It doesn't matter. He's the third most winningest coach in the NHL. And I can tell you, Quinville isn't coaching, and Scotty Bowman isn't coaching. So he, right now, technically, is the best coach in the NHL. And you get rid of him. So you can make one player happy who is not going to take you to the Stanley Cup. Let me just say the four years really quick here. The four years prior to um, Trotz coming in, they have a slightly better record on an average. So they go 48 or 47 and 28 and 14 to 15, 45 and 27, 15 to 16, 41 and 29 and 16 to 17, 35 and 37 in 17 and 18. But let's just talk about this for a second. You've got the likes of Johnny Tavares playing the best hockey of his life um, for all of those seasons before he takes the jump to Toronto. You have Kyle Oposo, who's playing some of the best hockey of his life, a 20-plus goal scorer. You've got Brock Nelson. You've got Nick Letty. You've got Anders Lee. You've got big-name players who are all in the prime of their lives playing the best hockey ever. You get rid of, you age out some of these guys and you get rid of a couple of your key players like a Tavares and an Oposo and you leave that dumpster fire for Barry Trot. Yep, Lou Lamorello, good luck. The Islanders are going to tank. I hope you all the freaking best. And I'm sorry to all my Islanders fans out there, but this is what it's come down to. You guys are just in no you're in bad shape until Amarillo's gone. So that leads us into the Predators stories. Uh, looks like uh, they have some off-season questions um, coming off the disappointing first round, although it's not too disappointing. Um, the biggest thing, well, obviously the, the biggest uh, off-season question is uh, Philip Forsberg contract. Now, Forsberg is still saying, um, I said this before, this is his comment. I've said this before, I I want to, I want to, I always want to stay here or play here. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like they're getting closer to get there. They're still talking, the agents and the predators um, are, are still talking and they're getting closer. So, I, I, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm cautiously, I'm cautiously uh, optimistic that they're going to sign him back. Now, I don't. The only thing I don't, he was pretty much invisible in the playoffs. Um, he had one goal. Um, that was uh, game four. Um, but I mean, it, it was just maybe Colorado just shut him down. You know, um, they 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 shut everyone down, but. Um, you know, a good player like him needs to find a way, like, you know, all these other players find ways to score. Um, uh, another another huge question is I touched on earlier is the coaching. Hines has got to be gone. Now, who um, do you take? I, I, and, I talked about um, Detroit. Who do you see uh, in Nashville? It would be interesting to see Trotz back for a second tour. I don't know if I'm really sold on it. I mean, I like Trotz. I love Trotz. He, he was decent. A lot of he was the de- way, though. He was decent in Nashville. He didn't really have to. He didn't. I don't think he got out of the second round. But look at but, but look he went to he went to he went to Washington. Won a cup. 
he built he pretty much built uh, the Islanders uh, before he got. Uh, but you also gotta you gotta give him a pass up. this year. The last two years he's over um, five hundred, but you have to give him a pass this year because they were shut down more than any team in the NHL. They were you know rescheduled. They could never get into a groove. It's like hey, we're practicing, we're getting all amped up. We got a game tomorrow. No, it's canceled. Oh we yeah, practice. And- I mean, it's just they were they were in a they had a a crapshoot of a season to be, to begin with. Like you got to cut them some slack. They never were able to get into a groove. But I, I really haven't thought about you know any other potential um, things. I, I I'll, I'll get I'll I'll do some research and get get some insights in the next couple of shows about you know who I would like to see uh, to bring coach. I mean obviously I, obviously I mean obviously Heinz he's still there. I mean he they, he's not officially fired yet. I don't know if he will. I'm think I'm I, I don't know. I think. I think I think a lot of fans probably will. Uh, think that he will, but um, we'll just have to wait and see what uh, Poyle does. Um, I, I, I'm thinking, I mean, Poyle doesn't do stuff for the fans. He does stuff for the team. Um, he, you know, he's, he's, you know, done that before, you know, where fans would actually want something and he'll, you know, he's like, well, that's what that's, they're, they're fans for a reason. I'm the GM. I do stuff to help the team to better the team. So, I don't. I don't really think high, keeping Heinz is better for the team. I don't know, but we'll just have to, you know, stay tuned. We'll we'll see. We'll see where this develops. Um, so at the moment, at, at, at the at at the right now, his priority is signing Forsberg. I think you know he'll he'll deal with coaching later. Um, but uh, the Preds are in talks to build another ice rink, uh, like the Ford Ice Center. Uh, in the national area, what? Um, are they going to rent it, it to Arizona? They probably have more fans. <laughs> probably uh, would. They, they have. Uh, so they have five sheets of ice. I think they said this is wow. not not counting Bridgestone Arena. Obviously, this is for like you know adult leagues and youth hockey and all that stuff. Uh, this one will be in the Spring Hill area, which is south of Nashville, actually south of Franklin. So that be a oh, it, it's, it's it? uh, um, Yeah, they own the one that's in uh, the Antioch, which is a suburb, and then the one that they that's just built. That's a great way to make money. So they got and you know, they got two different, and then it's also the Predators practice facility. So they'll probably, I mean, Spring Hill is probably about an hour at least. I'm thinking. Because it's south of Franklin, which is about half an hour from Nashville, so I mean it's grow. And plus, you know they're expanding out, so they're growing. You know, gr- keep growing around the area. Um, you know, getting people interested in hockey, and you know, and then youth hockey is exploding down there, um, and 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 really competitive too. Um, but some of the residents down there, some of the residents down there don't want it. They think it's going to increase traffic, and but it's going to apparently it's going to be near an expressway, and they're going to build a road for it. But so we'll we'll see if that's you know what will happen. So um, so that leads us into some NHL uh, stories. Um, I just want to touch uh, lead off. Um, how did you like that flurry goalie mask? That little bling bling. I thought. I mean it. He only wore. I think he only wore like a game because he didn't play. But uh, it, I don't know. I just thought it was a little over the top. I mean, you're a goaltender, you know. 
I, I like the old style masks, like Osgood. You know, they had the you know and, and hashing shell, um, where just just a typical goalie mask didn't even have it painted. He just had he. I think he just got a red a red helmet. You know, I think it said Detroit put, Red Wings put, on it. Yeah, well, I think he just put a Detroit sticker on it and called it. You know, nothing I think there was fancy. A couple of seasons where he painted it quite differently. Oh, yeah, maybe towards the end, and then. Uh, how about that? Uh, this seems like a, a little uh, interesting uh, thing I've been going after this coach for a while, a little bit. Sheldon Keefe. You're more on. He'll, he'll gouge your eyes out. Oh, yeah. Well, you're more on. He's a total. You're more on. He. I don't remember what game it was. Um, game four, maybe five. He would not pull uh, uh, the goal at Campbell after the third goal. It was three nothing. I mean, yeah, three nothing, and you know, and like, you know, it's so high scoring. You know, it's three nothing. There's a lot of comebacks, and you know, it's only three nothing. You know, but they were getting outplayed. I mean, there was a, there was one of them was a bad goal. I think one of them did go off of a defenseman, uh, but the one definitely he should have had. had. And then uh, he didn't pull him, and I was watching. I was like, "They they gotta pull him." And, and but I know the announcer said you can't pull him because it'll mess with his confidence. But it's like they're NHL goalies. Yeah, it may maybe it will mess with the confidence, but they're they'll get over it. You know, it's not you know they're, they're professionals. And then yeah, the fourth guys, goal. Well, some of these guys have like psych coaches and and mental coaches, and and then and then yeah, Leonard's got a beer coach, and then um me. so. Um, coach. So, and then the fourth goal happened, and that was a bad goal. I mean, that that's a goal that I would give up. And so that's when you know up. that they're rattled, and it's time. And and they still didn't pull. And then they Tampa Bay scored a fifth goal. And then they finally, and he still didn't pull him. And then, like a couple minutes after that, they pulled him. But by then, it was late. It was too late. So. He's. I don't know what Sean Keefe was thinking. I, I don't know. I didn't see any. I, I should have looked and see any, you know, because I'm sure that question was brought up by the Toronto media because um, they're savages like that about, you know, why he didn't pull them. But I so I, I didn't do my homework and, and, and look for the answer for that. <clears throat> but, um, um Interesting thing after Louis Domingue came in game one, uh, that was the overtime game. He, he wasn't expecting to play. Um, yeah, because uh, uh, um, the Smith went down, and then uh, that you know that game went in overtime. <laughs> he had spicy pork and broccoli during the first intermission of that game. He yeah. ate during the intermission. Well, here's here's <laughs> why. Like, did you read the story? Why? Most guys, when they during the intermission, they'll come in and they'll grab a granola bar or yeah, for, some for, fruit or something yeah, like that for nutrition, energy. You know, and he's like, "Screw it, I'm the backup goalie." How often does a backup goalie go in? Bring me some pork and rice. But he already played. He already played in the overtime because you know he he had to come in. I think it was the third period, right? Second period. You know, and, and then so the Penguins latched onto that and they served that, that meal to the media. Uh, 
game two, I believe it was. Yep. <laughs> that was interesting. And then, you know, we touched on Marshawn scoring the five points game four earlier. And then um, I believe it was game three. Uh, floor. There's just, I just want to say, you know, uh, I don't know if they were down by two at the time, but they were, they, the, they had a lazy line change that resulted directly in a Washington goal. Um, it, it just proves, you know, Florida's a top team and, you know, a lazy line change like that. So it just shows you, you got, you got to be mentally prepared, mentally, Especially you know, throughout the, for the whole team. game. Yeah, especially against a playoff team like that. I mean, that that's something that beer league does, you know. But this, you know, you got to be. It just, I, I, th- I mean, I, you want to say it's physical, but that in that instance, it had to be mental. I mean, you just kind of let go. I mean, maybe they think in the game's over, but I think it was only like a two goal deficit at the time. Um, and then uh, uh, you know, Boudreaux, another. Uh, well, he's not a moron, but somebody thinks he is. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he he's going to remain as coach of the Canucks. And uh, did you just see? Maybe it was last night. Uh, the Blues a goalie prospect scored a Pekarene style uh, in goal playoffs. in the playoffs. I mean, Pekarene did it in the regular season. This kid, Joel Hofer. Joel Hofer. He was behind his net, and I th- he flipped it up over the net and into the, into the empty net goal. So, um, yeah. So I mean, we'll move into uh, to Trotz again. I, I think that's a good spot. I think he's, you know, obviously he's going to be on the hot market. There's a lot of different uh, landing spots that he he could possibly land, but you know, a few that I've I've heard so far are Philadelphia, Winnipeg. Detroit, and I've actually read um, Nashville again as well. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. It's kind of unfortunate, like I said earlier, for him to be out of a job. I mean, he's the third most winningest coach in the NHL history, and he he doesn't even he doesn't have any trust from Lou Lamorello. So. He'll land somewhere. It's just a matter of where. Um, I don't know if Eisman is going to want to pull the plug out or pull the uh, trigger for him. Um, you know, he is an aging, old school coach, so he mesh well with the young guys. Just got to kind of have faith with Eisman. Um, but then also we got to touch base. D Law, did you hear about a Pierre Maguire being let go early from his contract? Nice uh. into his. Uh, little senior VP of player development role, he is gone. Yeah, I, I thought you uh, mentioned that earlier to me earlier this week. I was like, what? I didn't even know he was. I thought I thought he was like, I, I didn't know where he was. <laughs> I didn't know he was in an NHL team. See, and I, I, knew uh, I mean, obviously, he, he obviously didn't do a very good job because his NHL team uh, tanked. Yeah, and, they actually, and, I think they lost the playoff uh, round, uh, the, the play in, uh, the play in round to the Amherst, and, and they, uh, they didn't beat the Amherst. But I mean, he did win a cup as an assistant coach with Pittsburgh in '92. But I, I just feel like he's a, I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but 
maybe it's more of a, Hey, I can do anything. Like I, I feel like he's just kind of jumped around and Hey, I can be an analyst. Well, because I'm an analyst, man, now I can be, you know, I should be head of player development. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know if it's just him trying to stay relevant in the NHL world or if he truly does have these skills, but oh, apparently not because he is gone. Maybe we'll see him back at TNT. <laughs> I hope yeah. not. Who knows? <laughs> or ESPN. Um, I like I spent too much time on this because we talk about it. I just want to, you know, Lou Lamarillo destroyed the Islanders. Now, I thought the best thing he did was hiring uh, uh, Trotz. I mean, he had, Trotz had three playoff appearances in four years. Uh, he, he um, you know, he had a 152, 102 record. Trotz did, um, but you know, Trotz, you know, the Islanders they had a poor start this year due to COVID and losing players, and they had a, I believe it was a 12 game road trip because of their new arena. Um, but in his four seasons, it, he brought in some questionable acquisitions. Um, he, had, he had some questionable acquisitions. He traded away some really good players, like some star talent. And he got, uh, and then he let, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Tavares. I think that was during his time, during his on his clock. Yeah, it, was. it was. Um, pajama boy. Um, and you know, and then he, you know, a lot of a lot of the money left. Um, he just he, destro- he destroyed just destroyed them, and he had he overpaid players. He had the their their fourth line is the highest paid uh, in line in the NHL as yeah, far very, as fourth line players. It so, reminds me like, of like the Red Wings of Ken Holland era post um, like it was just giving contracts to everybody just to keep them and it's like well they're not worth that why would you pay them that much yeah i mean if you're a player you're like oh i'll go with the islanders they're gonna build, they'll overpay me yeah of I'm, course. I'm, I'm not worth 10 million but he'll give me 10 million <laughs> yeah i'm only worth two <laughs> you know i want to i want to move into while we're kind of ranting on this i want to move into the award nomination process um, How do they determine that? That was absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. So we we've got a guy that is like forty years old, and I'm just kidding with that. But one of the oldest rookies to ever play the game as a rookie. And don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a very talented hockey player, but he's also very old, and. You know, he you put him. He was drafted the same year as Dylan Larkin. So you compare him to like the Dylan Larkins of the world, who's grown more in that time frame. Obviously, if, Dylan Larkin. So yes, he's a rookie. Yes, he's only come up here and he's only played a handful of games. I get it. Larkin has been played. He so many played in, games. but he played before the pandemic. He played in twenty eight nineteen. If he played one more game in that year with Arizona, he wouldn't be eligible. Yeah, and well, how is he? That's not. I don't understand how. I mean, he's still eligible, but not. But here's my question: Is the NHL going to give it to him because he is the oldest rookie to play the, you know, to play in the NHL? They're going to give. Are they going to give it to him because Toronto made the the playoffs? Like, are they just going to load Toronto up with with hardware? 
And he didn't even lead the league in rookie goal scoring. You know, and Re- again, but but here's four here's, points. And I think Jano got screwed on that. Um, but I'm just worried that Cider's going to get screwed. Yes, I'm a little bent and I'm a little biased being a Red Wings fan. But you take a kid in Moritz Cider who instantly from day one is your number one defenseman with the likes of Mark Stahl. He had Troy Stetcher. Um, you know, you had other guys back there, but he was instantly your number one defenseman. Like he, watching every single game when he had the puck, I would say about 99% of the time I was feeling like, okay, we're going to get out of this jam. You know, there's a few times he turned it over. He's young. It's going to happen and, and it's expected. But again, you take a kid like that who comes in and he's got nobody and to produce the way that he produced and to play the game at the level he played this year is just incredible. Now you move over to, to um, Michael Bunting. When you're on a team with arguably the best hockey player to potentially play the game and the likes of Johnny Tavares and Mitch Marner and guys like that who are considered elite in the sport, the Red Wings don't have anybody elite except for our couple of rookies but they're the only ones. Whereas now you've got Bunting playing with a number of elite players. It's going to boost his level of play. So, of course, he's going to be okay. You put Bunting in a, in a winged wheel, he's not having the season that he's having in Toronto. You know, I think once you see Toronto get shaken up a little bit roster-wise, you'll see Bunting kind of just disappear again. But he had a good season. You can't take that away from him. You know, I don't think he necessarily was as deserving. And I don't even know who the third was. Was it uh, Zegris? Yes, Zegris. Because he can do fancy tricks. Like, you know, if I want to see fancy tricks, I'll I'll watch Tony Hawk. Like, I I don't. It's fun. It's it's exciting. But he's a one-trick pony. And your favorite uh, is back in uh, with his stupid comments. Oh, yeah. I don't. I just don't understand Jack Edwards. Like, I just don't get him at all. You're a moron. Well, the comment that he made, and it wasn't, it doesn't even come off that bad. But then, of course, people start breaking it down, and I'm one of those suckers that reads into it, and I, I kind of get going. But you've got Jack Edwards telling, um, you know, the crowd starts booing, and they're they're in Raleigh. And they start booing Boston and heckling Boston. So because they're booing Boston, obviously Massachusetts, very liberal, um, you know, northern state, whatever. Jack Edwards says they can't let the Civil War go, can they? Insinuating, like, look at these redneck hillbillies. So What's that got to do with a playoff game in hockey? I have no idea. It has nothing to do with it. Like, who who would even think that way? Like, I think he's just insinuating, like, oh, who cares? They're a bunch of redneck hillbillies that still think the war is going on. Like, I think it was just a complete jab that everyone in, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, yeah, Raleigh, North Carolina, is all hillbillies and jerks. hicks and just, a bunch of jerks. you know, trailer a bunch trash. Of jerks. Whatever. (laughs) They're a bunch of jerks. Yeah, I only heard that 307 times in a row. Just like um, 
Uh, Manta. Yeah, he's he's got to calm it down. Yeah, I don't know what was going. Fourteen seconds left in a fighting three game. He sucker punches. Uh, I believe it was. I, I think it was Ekblad. I know they fought. Um, um, he didn't. Uh, Manta did not get a penalty for that. He just got a penalty for uh, what? Uh, fight. Ek, Ek, actually, Ekblad got roughing. No, Ekblad got a rough fighting. They both got fighting. But Ekblad got a roughing. Yeah, Ekblad got a roughing and a fighting, and then that's why. Uh, so that led uh, so, Watch to a power play. But he just absolutely sucker punched him. Yeah, he's now I he's maybe made a glass. You got to be careful. Maybe Ekblad did cross check him, but it's a play. It's, you know, let, let it go. Yeah, to sucker an extent, punch. you let it go. It is the playoffs. Um, but yeah. Um, so here, here's. I don't know if you saw this, but this, this video actually made me chuckle because it reminds me of Buffalo during football season. So there's a big watch party outside of the arena. In As Toronto. everyone does. Yep. In Toronto. And the camera zooms in on this guy and he's wearing a, a Tampa Bay Jersey. Well, as he's zooming into this guy, Tampa Bay wins the game in overtime. So the kid almost turns white as a ghost. He kind of discreetly slides his jersey off his head, tucks it around like in a ball, and just looks around to see who's watching him and just casually makes his way to the exit. <clears throat> and he would have been mugged. That was the smartest thing that boy ever did. Um, but it reminds me a lot of Buffalo, New York for a football game. But good move on you, kid. Good yeah. move on you. Yourself from getting beat down. Yeah, and it looks like the NHL's uh, in need of some more money. Is there some more fines handed out? Yeah, yeah. Kuzi, uh, you know, he got a high sticking on uh, Chari. Um, I, I didn't mm, see it. No penalty. I, 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 I didn't see that part of the game. I have to admit. So I went back and I was trying to find videos everywhere. Late breaking news: Florida won in overtime, four to three, so they win the series. Wow, they're hot. I knew they would bounce back. I knew it. Yep, they woke up. The curse, the curse hasn't lived on yet. But yeah, with the high sticking with uh, Kuznetsov, um, he he. He lost five grand out of his uh, hefty salary, and I didn't see. I didn't see it. I could not find an angle on it. Uh, it looked like it was after the play. Um, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't see that. Uh, Jamie Ben also we got to mention also received a five thousand dollar fine out of his hefty salary. Um, you know, but again, no penalty. High sticking on Andrew Mangiapani. Um, it looked like what happened was it was after. Uh, Mangiapane came in and took the shot. Um, you know, no whistle, took a couple whacks at the goalie, got face planted by, I don't even know who it was. And he stands up, skated over. And then Ben actually like tapped him in the face with his stick. So it was completely stupid. He's lucky he didn't get fined for it. Uh, but then we got to talk about Darnell nurse. What an idiot move he had. So they're playing and all of a sudden, uh, I think it was um, Philip Deneau 
comes in. He's just kind of skating up to the crease. A shot comes in. Um, Smith grabs the puck, ices it, or ices it, freezes it. And Deneau just kind of, you could see him. He wasn't even looking. He's kind of looking the other direction. And Nurses comes up and absolutely headbutts him. I mean, it was unmistakably right to the chin. Headbutts him. And Deneau was like, what the hell? You know, are you kidding me? I wasn't even looking at you. I was not even near the crease. I had let up. I had stopped. And you skate into me and headbutt me? Like, seriously? So I, I thought, I mean, it was obviously malicious intent there was no doubt about it there was no reason ever had throw your head at another player i've never even thought about doing that um i thought he should have got three but he gets a game and he's he's done so that was that and then we've got an injury that we got to talk about here we've got Sidney crosby now this is where i actually suspect that he's got a concussion i, read I don't know the, but the penguins are saying they're, uh it, they're not saying anything they're just saying upper body injury and they're saying they're still awaiting evaluation i know but d law they're not going to come right out and say that he's got a concussion because you don't want guys to headhunt him if he's coming back for the series but you know i read and i i read a lot on facebook and twitter and i read one and i can't find it now I have no idea where it was. Maybe the article was deleted, but it, it had said that he had suffered a concussion. But he got hit in the back. Deep. I'm just telling you what it said. <laughs> it said that he had a concussion. Now, if that's true, if that's true that he had a concussion, will that be the end of Sidney Crosby? That'll be his third concussion since he started playing. Um... You know, if you look at his career, he's actually missed 108 regular season games due to concussions. So, I mean, he's got a concussion history. So, what do you think? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, he's still playing the game at an elite level. He's still scoring goals. So, I mean, I just think they need to – I just think they need to, I don't, I don't know, protect them more. I, I, they, I, don't, I think players are taking liberties, taking cheap shots. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't think he'll be done. I think he'll be back. I mean, look at Mario. He came back from a cancer and back. And that leads us into uh, my D-Laws duster. Let's hear it. Can you explain really briefly the duster term again? Uh, I did that last week, but it's somebody who, a player who uh, sits on the bench and doesn't get any playing time, really is used. A lot of times he's the worst player in the, on the team. Um, and he's, and it's, he's not, you know, not injury. He's, you know, healthy. Somebody just sits the bench, kind of like, well, it doesn't happen have this week. So this week, mine is a Minnesota Wild. Uh, 
Brandon Duhaim. I and, heard his name. In six games, he's played 42 more than 49. Now, that sounds like it might be a lot, but this is six games. Um, in game one, he had six minutes and 39 seconds of playing time on ice. Um, game two, five minutes and 53, including two penalty minutes. Game three, eight minutes and 51 seconds. Game four, he dropped it way down to five minutes and 55 seconds. Game five, eight minutes and 59 seconds. And then in game six, the final one, six minutes and 30. So uh, I don't know if did the Wild win games three and five. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, so um, in the regular season, he only has six goals. You know, he's a right wing. He had six goals, 11 assists. Uh, 122 playing minutes. So he's he's a physical player, you know, force, probably a, a more of a pest role, and that's what the Minnesota really needed against against the Blues. So I don't know why he did not get more uh, playing time. I know Minnesota probably wanted scoring, but put him on with uh, uh, they they you know maybe Kaprizov, you know that they need him, they need him. If he's he's a past role, uh, they need him, they needed him to to you know maybe take maybe make uh, the Blues take a bad penalty. Um, in the playoffs, he had six, obviously six games. He had no points. He was a minus two, and like I said, in game two he had two penalty minutes. He had one game winning goal in this regular season that happened against the New York Islanders on November seventh. He was a fourth round draft pick by the Wild, and surprisingly, he as he's a right winger, so he's not a center. He's a fifty percent faceoff. Now that might have only been one or two faceoff wins, but yeah, you, what is what is? Uh, 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 and now I don't remember the Wild's coach name. He's kind of I forgot his name. What is he doing sitting this kid? Uh, when you need some physical presence and, and he, they needed a pest. So yeah, that's, that's my, uh, that's my duster. duster huh? And, um, so another, uh, so that leads us into our good news segment. Good news, good news, good news. I thought I wanted. I won't spend too much time on this. Um, it just uh, going back to uh, Ryan O'Reilly's mother, Bonnie O'Reilly. Now, this is going back to 2019. Um, the uh, the arena manager where Ryan O'Reilly played as a kid and, and her uh, his brother, Cale O'Reilly, a former predator, Graham Nesbitt, was, um, he was in need of a, uh, a kidney due to a kidney disorder and she donated a kidney to to this guy uh that obviously i mean they didn't really they weren't really friends you know just guy ran ran a team um so that that's just my good news segment for for him i thought that was that was pretty cool and uh that so that leads us into uh, well, we don't have any previews. Um, just briefly, want to just—I uh, won't go over the schedule for Friday because obviously today's Fridays are over with. Uh, Saturday we have uh, Carolina Boston at four thirty. These are all Game Sevens. Um, Toronto Tampa Bay. Uh, the Carolina Boston game is on ESPN. That's a four thirty game. 
Toronto, Tampa Bay, uh, 7 p.m. on TNT, and Edmonton and the Kings at 10 p.m. on ESPN. And then uh, Sunday, I believe uh, the Rangers and Pittsburgh are going to a Game 7. And then um, that's obviously to to be determined. Florida won, so there will not be Game 7 in that series. And Calgary-Dallas is just starting. So it depends on what happens in this game. Um, I think that's about it for this week. Is that? I think we covered it all. A lot um, going on, and we'll be back again next week. A little bit of a long show compared to last week, but and you know we'll stay tuned to our social media for uh, 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 another episode coming up, uh, maybe for the second round, and also more news on our new TV launch. Well, good night, Hockey Town. And see ya, Smashville! Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs?